comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C., and we're lucky enough to have him. The one and only Jamie Dupree is here. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm good. All right, so we still have some fallout as the candidates now are trying to force these networks on these debates. It seems that they're running into some headwinds as as some of the candidates are disagreeing and not signing off with the rest of the candidates. So, I mean, they're even arguing about the size of green rooms, for crying out loud. Yeah, I don't know how far this is going to go. I mean, obviously, with uh, Donald Trump saying late yesterday that he's going to go his own way, and then you had, I think it was uh, Carly Fiorina and John Kasich and Chris Christie all saying they weren't going to sign on to this letter. You know, it's 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 clear there's frustration within GOP ranks, but when you think about it, that's what made Sunday's meeting outside of D.C. all that more unusual, is to get everybody in the same room, their top aides, to talk about it. But think about it. These are 14 different major Republican candidates with 14 different sets of goals in the debates, 14 different ideas on how things should be done, etc. I'm surprised they stuck together as long as they did. With the next debate a week from today in Milwaukee, you know that one we, we know won't have any changes in it, you have to wonder, will there be anything different in Vegas in December for the CNN debate? I don't know. Uh, obviously, uh, CNN's been put on notice, but then again, if you go back to the CNN debate at the Reagan Library, there weren't too many people who complained other than Trump and others about the length of it, but if you look at what went on during it, we didn't hear the, the complaints, obviously, that we had with the CNBC debate. All right, but really, when political reports that during this this meeting um, that, you know, they, they accused the committee, the RNC, of allotting them less than hospitable green room spaces while giving lavish ones to those that are polling higher. Um, Chris Christie, whose space was small, was dominated by a to- toilet. So was Rand Paul's. You know, Chris Christie's campaign said, uh, this is ridiculous. We're in a restroom. So I, I guess, you know, some of this is silly. Some of this is really important because why should any Republican have to deal with John Harwood, who has an agenda and is going to argue with the candidates as if he himself is running because Hillary Clinton would never put up with that crap either. Obviously, uh, you know, it's not, I think the green room, the other stuff like that, I mean, the temperature, you know, what, they're important to some people, but the overall of uh, what we're looking at, it's, it's not the same, but you're right. But then again, that's why I said rewind and look, uh, go back, the CNN uh, the, the CNN debate at the Reagan Library, I don't remember people being mad about the way the questions were going there. Uh, there were some complaints obviously about how things went in Fox News earlier. Way, that was a three- hour-long marathon. Yeah, that was about the only major complaint, and, and I think all of us in the press corps agreed it went way too long, and, and Trump certainly has that, and, and, and look, CNBC wanted to do more than two hours as well, and the Republicans said no. So the RNC is not being pushed out of this. I think Rance Priebus said this to you yesterday, uh, but certainly uh, we'll see whether or not they're able to keep together and enforce any other changes. Frankly, if you read through the list, some of them are editorial things that I'm not sure the networks would give in on anyway. Yeah, and then, by the way, there's Obama coming across as, as snide and rude and mocking and sure the democrats are going to snark all they can i mean you know both sides yeah. are going to do that so i'm not sure that oh, I, really thought, changes I thought he was anything. the guy that was going to bring us all together how stupid of me to actually believe that crap that's a joke jamie roger I that I, all right let me go through we have a lot of conflicting polls uh that show both trump and carson in the lead you got two new polls it's good for marco and cruz to have uh cruz in third place in iowa uh mark tr- by the way trump is now calling for jeb bush to drop out of the race i think that would actually help rubio I, I think it. I, I agree. Think, I think Bush staying in the race is something very important for Trump right now because it's clear that whether you, no matter the polls you believe, it's Trump and Carson who are one two or two one, however you want to put them together. And then we go back a little on the road, and you've got Rubio, Cruz, 
and then Jeb Bush desperately trying to hang on to those two, I think. Even the, the Bush people told reporters yesterday they expect Jeb's numbers to maybe go down in the weeks ahead. Because once you get past Bush, you really then drop way back to sort of the twos and threes. You know, the Rand Paul, the Carly Fiore, and the Chris Christie, and the John Kasich. Now, Kasich is one of the few that has numbers in one particular state. He's, in the latest poll, was in fourth, I think, in New Hampshire, with Rubio moving up to third. Regardless, it's those top five who are really setting the agenda right now. I just think that if Bush were to get out or to crater and go way down, it just seems to me that Rubio would be the biggest beneficiary. And, and actually, for Trump, it'd be better to have Bush around. Trump today has been, again, going after Rubio and also taking some shots at Carson as well. Yeah, You know, how do you explain, and I don't think you can or I can or anybody can, you've got today's Wall Street Journal NBC poll, and then you've got the, the Reuters poll that comes out where, you know, it's a 21 21- point difference in these two polls. How do you get that? I don't know. For example, in Reuters, Trump was favored by 31% of Republicans polled, and coming in second in that poll was Ben Carson at 18%. Then NBC, Carson is ahead of Trump 29-23. How you? Uh, I'm not sure whether the um, uh, uh, whether the Reuters poll you're referencing is an internet one that is done, but I know there's a lot of people that are looking at stuff right now, and they see that Carson does better when there are live interviews of voters done, so-called live caller polls. But when the when it's done by either the internet or you push a button to do something, you know, you hear like a recording or something like that, that Trump does better in those. And you know, who knows? Maybe that means that that uh, people are embarrassed to say to tell someone they're for Trump and they pick Carson more. But uh, I know the Washington Post did something on it today that said the internet polls favor Trump and the live caller polls, those seem to favor Carson. Well, there was another poll that was also released today. I mean, I don't know what to make of it when there's such disparity. One America put out a poll today in their latest poll. I think this was a call poll. And, uh, you know, Trump was up by 15 points in that one. Now, again, I I think we should just, just sort of like try not to pay attention no. to the numbers too closely. But just sort of say Trump and Carson are clearly at the top of the field. And then you go to Rubio, Cruz, Bush sort of grouped together. And then you go to the other group. So if I'm Marco Rubio, I'm now in double digits in just about every national poll that has come out. He's also gone up. He's also gone up in Iowa and New Hampshire. If I'm Ted Cruz, I'm feeling good today because there are two polls out that show Cruz in third place in Iowa. And we both know that maybe Iowa is not indicative of who's going to be the nominee, but it, it certainly can give mojo to somebody. And you have two polls that show both Carson, I'm sorry, one poll that shows both Carson and Trump beating Hillary in Florida. Yeah, uh, Rubio's actually back here, a rare day for him back in the Senate. He was downstairs by the uh, the Senate lunch If today, I didn't know I, you better, I would say that is a cheap shot. That sounds like Jeb Bush. Uh, no, it wasn't a cheap shot. I was just <laughs> noting that he was here because he has not been here very often in recent weeks because uh, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz do tend to uh, be here most of the time. Uh, you know, I, I think the sort of the I, I, the conventional wisdom, for lack of a better way to describe it in D.C., would be I think a lot of people are looking at this and wondering, you know what, Cruz and Rubio may be the two that are really fighting this out after you get by Iowa and New Hampshire. But again, we'll just have to wait and see. One other poll that came out, and money is a big issue, uh, Ben Carson has now topped Hillary as the top Iowa fundraiser. The only thing about Carson that people are raising, because he is raising a lot of money, but he has a very high burn rate. He's spending most of it. And the only person who's spending at a higher rate is Hillary Clinton. I thought Jeb had a pretty high burn rate, too. He does, but not as high as Carson, evidently. Yeah, but he's also cut back. I mean, that was part of the new... Look, Jeb, I think, has had a bad seven or eight days now. 
And, you know, hitting the reset, the comment about there's cooler things I could be doing. I don't think any of those comments helped him. And I don't think the polls have been favorable to him. Whether he can, you know, I keep saying that people will stumble and fall. Some will recover, some won't. This is kind of a moment to watch Jeb. It is. And next week, I think that makes it a big debate because we don't have another debate after that for a month. Yeah. And where we are after that debate, I think, may sort of put people almost in stone for a while as we move forward. Into When's the, the next year. Democrat debate? They never next show up. Next Democratic debate is this uh, is a week from Saturday. Let's see the 14th. That's the that's their one that they're going to have in Des Moines. Oh, gee, so I'm be sorry, I'm going to miss that. I'm off that Saturday night. night, and then they have the Saturday night before Christmas in New Hampshire. I think it's the 19th. The Saturday December. night before Christmas. I'm sure everyone's going to be paying so close attention to that one. Yeah, and then their one, we were just looking, uh, a bunch of us, at the schedule. Then they have a debate in January in South Carolina that I think is on Sunday night, January 17th, which oh, means it'll be going against basically head-to-head with football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. Football or Hillary? Football? <laughs> I think I'll choose football. All right, go ahead. Okay, all right. Uh, I even think you would choose football over that. And, uh, I'd and choose you're, football you're, over just about everything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, all right, so what else do we have? Uh, we have Paul Ryan uh, was meeting today uh, here with GOP lawmakers. It was the first, their first sort of uh, regular uh, GOP gathering since he was elected as Speaker. He came out and spoke to reporters and vowed to push ahead with uh, what he called a bold and aggressive agenda. And then Ryan came across here to over to the Senate side and sat down over lunch with GOP senators at their usual Tuesday lunch as well. There was a picture that you may see on the Internet today or in the papers tomorrow of Ryan walking with Senator McConnell, the majority leader, into that meeting. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Ryan people really feel good about the start, you know, trying to get going. The, they've got a highway bill on the floor this week. They're going to open to a lot of amendments and more. And for now, uh, he's he's having, I think, a, a pretty decent honeymoon with everybody. But, of course, uh, time will tell where we go in the House. Yeah, well, we're going to see. I mean, I have spoken to a number of members of the Freedom Caucus. They all keep saying the same thing, that they yep. are cautiously optimistic. For now, yes. For now, and they believe that Ryan is sincere about going back to regular order. He's sincere about not trusting Obama. He's sincere about not going forward with comprehensive amnesty. I mean, there was some very specific promises given. And you notice Paul Ryan did back down on the Jefferson rule change. Yeah, and I think what we'll see, the one thing to watch for, the one place where we'll have a little bit of a fight, I think, is uh, over what happens with the budget bills coming up. The omnibus that they'll put together at some point in time, probably release it right after the Thanksgiving break and then come back and pass it to avoid a government shutdown by December the 11th. I'm sure there will be a number of Republicans that won't like that, but now they have this budget deal that agrees to the top-line number on spending. Now they can negotiate between the appropriations committees exactly yeah. what gets funded. You know, and now that not. I had more time to really dig down deeper into that bill, and it's it's so annoying that they dump these things at 11.59 yep. at night, and, and look, even you don't have time to read 144 pages. It turned out that for every page, it's like $580 million in new spending. It breaks the sequestration, and it's, a, you know, it's, it's now another big budget buster. And the Republicans went along with it. And, and yeah, John Boehner cleaned out the barn for Paul Ryan. No, he did. And uh, I do think there is a sense of relief up here, I have to say, amongst Republicans, that they don't have to go through the, the big fights over the debt limit and more right now. Because I think Ryan's argument is it's time to get to some real policy discussions and not have everybody focused on when the big next deadline is. All right. So December 11th is going to be what? The next big real fight when when do we get a, in other words yeah. when do we get other battles because he also said 
that he didn't think that they could defund Planned Parenthood this week, and that concerned me and other conservatives. I don't think they can either. I, I don't care. You know, again, we're back at the same point. They don't have the votes to do it. I think they will have to try. The, the omnibus will probably be released, the details of the spending bills, after the Thanksgiving break. That's being negotiated now. I would say most of that bill is already written. It's on somebody's H drive in the Capitol right now, and they're just going to, you know, finish the, the last negotiations over what kind of policy writers to put on the bill. But Ryan is going to have to make a determination after Thanksgiving. How is he going to let uh, the sort of the Republican Party vent some frustration over money on Planned Parenthood? Will they single out that bill that deals with Planned Parenthood money just for an individual vote and try to send that on to the Senate? Because there will be some Republicans that will vote against uh, whatever they produce from the Appropriations Committee just because, whether it's Planned Parenthood or some other things. Uh, you know, in, in, in putting together these negotiations, the Republicans will get a few things, the Democrats will have to get a few, and I would forecast that there will be a number of people sort of from the Freedom Caucus that will not be pleased with that battle. I was intrigued by Trump going after uh, Yellen and the feds and their motivation for keeping interest rates at pretty much record lows near zero. And, and he did that again today. He's done that a number of times recently. Asked at, about that at the White House briefing, Josh Ernest ridiculed Trump's uh, argument that the president has asked let, let Yellen not to raise interest rates. Hang, hang on a second. With Donald Trump, businessman, billionaire, Josh Ernest, political hack. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out who I trust. So here. the administration says that they have not asked Yellen uh, to do anything like that. Obviously, Trump is just going to, you know, uh, throw what he can uh, at the at the White House and, and go from there. And, you know, all I can tell you is what Trump said today, the White House said it was absolutely not true. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. Uh, any other news I missed before I let you go? Uh, no, I, the, the House schedule is out for next year. How about this? Yeah. The, they're going to have a seven-week summer break. That seven weeks, weeks so that's like the whole summer. Seven weeks from mid-July until Labor Day. Now, two of those weeks will be for the political conventions in late July. Then they'll have all of August off, and then they'll be back after Labor Day. They'll work the rest of September next year we're talking about and then they will be off from october the first all the way through election day uh, uh november the 8th what, so they what, will what, get a we 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 need the schedule that's 15 weeks off and that doesn't even include christmas uh you are correct about that sir so there will be more than uh, enough time for them to be home and stump for votes in the election year of 2016 and yeah, let them explain some of these votes away all right jamie thank you see you sean